Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. On Christmas Eve, many people that come to church will hear these words from Isaiah chapter 9. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And the names that the Holy Spirit led Isaiah to prophesy all pertain to that child who would be born on Christmas morning, the Christ child himself. And Joseph, the husband of Mary, by whom Jesus was born, he was told in a dream, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is by the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. And all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, just by reading those two short passages, which are often read on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning, we learn a lot about the Christ child by the name he is given. By his names, we see who he is even before his first breath in our sinful world was breathed. He is the Prince of Peace the Everlasting Father. He is Mighty God, Wonderful Counselor. And where does this God reside? He is Emmanuel. He is God with us, who has come for the purpose of saving his people from their sins. Our Mighty God, took on our flesh and was held by mankind in the arms of Mary and Joseph. We deserved wrath because of our many sins, but he comes to us as the Prince of Peace. It's it's like him making a handout to be held by us, to be partaken by us, a baby wrapped in flesh and held in our arms. A baby who, unlike all other people, is without sin. When they held him, they were holding something that they had never known before. Every single thing that they touch in this world is fallen, except for this baby. He alone is pure, and he is given to us who are not. And his sole purpose, it is to reunite reunite us with God, the everlasting Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, 
this baby Jesus. He would put up with us. He would grow with us. He would become a man. And through no fault of his own, he would become our sin so that we could be set free. The name of Jesus is the greatest name of all. It is the name that reveals Almighty God to us. In the name of Jesus, we see the I am that Moses met in the burning bush. By the name of Jesus, that same God has a face. At the name of Jesus, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob fulfills the promise of blessing and peace between God and man. At the name of Jesus, the captives are truly set free. At the name of Jesus, there's even hope for you and me. At the name of Jesus, we have something we could have never earned on our own, peace with God. In Jesus' name, we no longer fear God's wrath or the punishment that we deserve. We start our, a lot of our services saying, our help is in the name of the Lord. And we flee for refuge in the infinite mercy of God because of his son, who we know by name. By Jesus' blood, and the perfect love that he reveals on the cross, all of our fears pass away. As John wrote, perfect love casts out fear. And there is only one who has perfect love. And he offers himself to you. One of Jesus' disciples named Philip at one point asked him, Jesus had been teaching many things. And Philip just said, Well, Lord, just show us the Father, and that would be enough for us. And Jesus said back to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in him and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or else, believe on the account of my works. What Jesus is telling Philip here is that everything that God wants to reveal you to you, he does it through the person of Jesus. Jesus himself in the flesh is God's love for the world. God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. If we want to know God, if we want to seek out who God is, we search for the name of Jesus 
in word and sacrament. In fact, through the sacrament of baptism, you were born into that very name, into the name of the God who loved you so much that he came into your flesh to die your death. In baptism, you were crucified with Christ. You became united to him, and you bear his name now. In baptism, your sins were washed away, and God became your father, and you became a part of the church who is Jesus' bride who bears his name. The same God who loves the world so much that he sent his son to save us gives you his name. Now you might be thinking at this point, well, that's fine, but what does this have to do with the second commandment? Which tells us that you should not misuse the name of the Lord your God. And what does this have to do with loving God with all you've got? Well, I wanted to share with you, God's name is our salvation. To curse, swear, use satanic arts, or to lie or deceive by this name is one way that we toss aside God's work that costs the very life of Jesus to save us. It's not a light matter. In this name, you're crucified with Christ. When you abuse it, you abuse God's love for you in Jesus. The name of God by which he shows his wrath for sin and his love for us sinners It is most plainly seen in Jesus' cross. To to misuse God's name or to make light of it is to make light of his bitter suffering and death that he bore for us on the cross. So when we text OMG or when we say, oh my God, or when we say, I swear to God, or when we say Jesus' name in a, in a curse. This is a form of denying his great love for you, his great love for the world. But to understand his name properly, is to be washed in his love, which in turn only increases our love for him. When you understand how much he loves you, that he wants to be associated with you, that he wants you, of all people, to bear his name, it only increases your love for him. It's hard for us to understand why we shouldn't misuse God's name if we don't first understand what his name reveals to us. James in the New Testament wrote about the tongue of man with these words. He says, with it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people 
who are made in the very likeness of God. From the same mouth comes both blessings and cursing. And he says, my brothers, these things ought not to be so. Moreover, we could add to this that the same tongues that praise God in song on Sunday may you misuse God's name in vain on Monday. These things definitely ought not to be so. Our help, our very help, is in the name of God. We are to call upon it in our every trouble. For in the name of God, we find our refuge, our peace, life eternal. When we misuse his name, it's, it's as if we toss his work for us aside and speak as if it means nothing to us. But that name, that name, how sweet the name of Jesus sounds in the believer's ear. This breaks the commandment, and also it needs to be forgiven when we misuse it, which we all do. For the breaking of any commandment must be paid for, or hell is its reward. And this leads us to one other name that Jesus bears. He is not only the Son of God. He is also Jesus, Son of Adam. What do I mean by this? He is not only God among us, Emmanuel, but he is also fully man so that he alone can stand in our stead. We have misused God's name. And Jesus, standing for all of us as guilty man, as Adam, son of Adam, takes our punishment. The scriptures say this in Romans 5, but the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, that's speaking of the first Adam, much more they have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, which abounded for the many. And the free gift, it is not like the result of one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass, it brought condemnation. But the free gift, it followed many trespasses. Not only Adam's, but our ancestors, our very own. It followed many trespasses. And this free gift brings justification. Jesus is the Son of Man, and at the same time, He is Son of God, and He is our gift. You can't earn a gift. He takes away our old name of sinner, and He replaces it with God's name, making Him our Father. And the love He shows by giving us His name, it brings intimacy between us and God. With these words, our Father, with these words, God tenderly invites us to believe 
that he is our true father and that we are his true children. His name reveals an intimacy. And this knowledge is truly cherished when a person's many sins are forgiven. So as we contemplate the baby in a manger this Christmas season, may the Holy Spirit also lead us to appreciate and love the name he bears. For through this baby, Yahweh saves. And may the peace, love, and joy that this name gives to us lead us to only use this blessed name for the purposes of calling upon it in every trouble to pray, to praise, and to give thanks. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts in the mighty name of Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.